everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. Today, we will be looking at Ezekiel Palacios, a midfielder for River Plate in Argentina, who's just earned his first call-up to the Argentine national team. Tom, I'd like to say we're pretty good at planning these podcasts, but I don't know that we've planned one any better than this. Last night in the Libertadores, my first chance to really focus in on Palacios comes up and scores a goal for River Plate against Rossing. So I'm going to give you the credit on this one. You planned this one perfectly, mate. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Yeah, this is definitely uh, one that I can feel a little bit smug about. Um, You know, he's only making his first steps in the River First team, but he's someone who's progression I've I've kind of been blown away with over the last six months and and a guy that I felt like we needed to jump on really early even though he's probably played only about 30 senior professional games so yeah the the call up to the national team and that goal against Racing um, were sort of perfect perfect timing for this pod. Certainly better than your Jose Luis Gomez call Tom although he could be Jose Luis Gomez part two if we're unfortunate right? No I'm convinced that it's not going to go the way of the dreaded uh, Gomez shout, which you you love to remind me of on an almost pod-by-pod uh, pod basis, but that's fine. I'll, t- I'll take my licks. Um, but yeah, I'm, sh- I'm very convinced about Palacios and his ceiling. Um, he's a guy who's, who's already gained a bit of attention from Europe. I think he turned down a move uh, to Torino uh, in the summer, and that was, that was before he was even really a regular at River. So he's now gaining... The, the plaudits from for performances in the Libertadores and he's getting this national team call up we, that we mentioned mean that certainly some big clubs are going to be taking notice of him. And uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's someone I'm, I am quietly confident. Well, maybe not quietly. I'm, I'm shouting his name from the rooftops. And when you shout his name, Tom, you're shouting Ezekiel Palacios, but with an X rather than a Z, which is where we have to start this podcast because you don't very often see Ezekiel Spelled with an X. Any idea why? I've got no idea. I, I can only presume that there was some kind of typo when he when he was born. You know, Z and X are pretty close together on the on the keyboard there, so it might be that. You know, we see a lot of kind of slight modifications of of names in South America. You know, Johns with a with an H before the O, and and Jason spelled all manner of ways. So it, I think it's probably just one of those. It's. Uh, yeah, we'll just go with Ezekiel with a Z pronunciation. But yeah, just again, another little thing that marks him out from the rest. But maybe what marks him out from the rest more so than just his name, Tom, and you and I were talking about this when we were preparing this podcast, is Palacios is exactly the type of player that Argentina haven't had for quite some time. And I know it may be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit to talk about where he fits in with the national team. But his skill set fits perfectly into what Argentina haven't had, but also what they need. And I think that's part of why I'm so excited about him and also part of why you're so excited about him. Exactly. Uh, I think anyone who watched Argentina at the World Cup would have seen a really pedestrian, slow midfield of Mascherano and Belia and and all the other guys are in there. And, and they, they seem to either produce these classic number 10s, the enganches that like Riquelme or, you know, even, even more messy like players or the defensive midfield warriors like, like Mascherano. So the fact that he's a true box to box midfielder means that he could just be that perfect piece of the jigsaw for the national team. He's got so much mobility, work rate, stamina. He just 
dominates that center center of the pitch and, and covers every blade of grass. And I think that's going to be really important for not only his potential future with the, with the national team, but how he would fit into European football when, when that inevitable move comes. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting player coming on, coming along right at the, at the time that Argentina need, need him most. And I think that's why we've seen him get this really early call up to the national team. Uh, I was expecting maybe him to start knocking on the door and, and, and be maybe included in a year or two's time. But the fact that the, the guys um, who are currently in charge of the national team, we'll, we'll wait and see who the full-time manager is, but Scaloni and, and Imar and, and those guys have, have seen the potential and, and have wanted to integrate him early is another reason why there's sort of justification to get quite excited about him. And he's gotten into a, a very talented River Plate squad at just 19. And as you said, is starting to kind of make his mark there for River uh, made some appearances for them at the end of the last Superliga season, but now is finding his own in the Copa Libertadores. He started both legs against Racing and had a goal in the second leg that saw River advance to the quarterfinals. And Tom, the goal was a perfect kind of illustration of the skill set of Palacios. He steps in front of what in truth was a horrendous free kick routine from Rossing. But he was awake, stepped in front of it, intercepted the pass, started the attack, and then had the wherewithal to run the entire length of the pitch to get himself into position to finish off the attack and score the goal, the second goal that River Plate needed to kind of give themselves some breathing room in that tie. That goal encapsulated so much of what he's capable of doing and so much of what will be expected of him to do going forward. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think that, as you said, that that passage of play was was everything that he, he can do that that well there's a word that always crops up um when people describing palacios in argentina and it's it's quite a hard one to to translate literally in just the one word but it's despliegue um which is kind of relates to the physical display and just like i said that that ability to just be everywhere so he, he's got the defensive side with that interception that he showed he's, he's good in the tackle and he presses extremely well without the ball I think as well as that goal that he scored in the first leg when River were reduced to 10 men for the entire second half you really saw Palacios being the guy who was who was chasing and harrying and and not giving Rattingham uh, a moment uh, to rest really and, and I think these two games have, have been a, a great example of his skill set but then also as you said there's that um, offensive contribution that he, he can do. He gets forward. He likes to contribute to the attack. He, he carries the ball very well. He's got a good range of passing, um, whether that be little short triangles or, or, or a nice through ball. Um, and he, he carries a goal threat as well. He, he, he's very good at timing his runs to arrive in the box and he finishes well off uh, both feet. So yeah, he's, he's literally the whole package. And I think it's interesting that the sort of man he's replaced in the Riverside, Enzo Perez, um, who, we've, who we've mentioned uh, sort of as, as a similar type of player in regards to the national team. Uh, he's, yeah, he looks like he, he could be the successor to him in, in the national team as well. So he's, he's currently keeping him on the bench. And, and uh, yeah, it's very exciting for Argentina and for River. And I think for me, Tom, when I watch him play, part of what I think 
you're kind of speaking to with the confidence in that, you know, he's going to have a very bright future is Palacio seems to be the type of player whose skill set meshes very well with the football being played in Europe right now. It's no secret that football in South America and in Europe is played at a different level and sometimes even at a different style. But the way that Palacios can function as you know a box-to-box midfielder fulfilling different roles, you don't see very many traditional 10s in Europe anymore. And you don't even see that many traditional 5s. You know, managers are asking their players to be able to do so much. The fact that Palacios can is going to make him really attractive to some of the high-level European sides. Yeah, I think that multifunctionality is going to be really attractive to a lot of sides. And it's interesting because he started out as more of a, a playmaker, winger. Like he, he actually made his debut all the way back in 2015. It was just the old appearance here and there. You know, just more to show that he was... He was highly rated by by the coaches and, and stuff. But then we, we saw him at the Under-20 World Cup with Argentina. Not a brilliant display by, by them, but he came in, made an impression in the centre of midfield and, and started to show that he'd developed into a, a more of an all-rounder. So the fact that he's already playing with such intensity and, and intelligence suggests that there's a lot more to come from him, given that he's still only 19 years old. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think... As you said, with with that um, potential move to Europe, I, I honestly could see him in in any league. I don't think there's one that really jumps out as a as a perfect fit for him. I think he's he's that adaptable that he could just slot into almost any top flight um, league in Europe. And even though he's only 19, Tom, it sounds like from what you're saying and from how highly rated he is at River Plate and the fact that he's already getting call ups to the Argentine national team it may not be a situation where he's spending too much more time in South America. He might be ready for that move to Europe sooner rather than later. Definitely. Uh, I think it's, it's almost been quite fortunate for River that he's, he's really exploded onto the scene in, in a big way just in the last, well, you probably even say two months. Obviously, he showed potential at, at the start of the year. Um, he had nine appearances, two goals, two assists uh, at the end of last season in Argentina. But it was only really a, um, an impressive preseason, some good Copa Argentina games, and obviously the, the Libertadores games that we've mentioned as well um, that, that have seen him sort of propelled to this to this new fame. So I think it's it's fortunate for River that he's, he's probably going to stick around for, well, six months at least, but probably probably until next summer. Um, although, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone come in for him um, in January. And yeah, he's basically someone who I, th- I think would probably even slot in right now. Um, as I said, I, I'm, I'm not sure where exactly would be best for him. Have you got any ideas about which which kind of club you see him at? You mentioned the link to Torino earlier. I think that type of club is probably a good spot for him to start at. I I don't think it would be a wise move for Palacios to go to one of the bigger clubs in Europe, at least not how he's at now. Again, as you said, it's fortunate for River Plate that he's kind of blossomed right here at the end of a transfer window and that he's probably not going to move within the next couple of days of us recording this, which means he's stuck there for at least another six months, perhaps even for another 12. You know, There's a Copa America next, next June. That could perhaps be a moving point for him. And so maybe he develops more so in that time that you could see him fitting into an even higher level squad in Europe. 
but I think a Torino-ish like club, you know, maybe a Europa League club to start out with where he could rotate in to continental games and, and fill in spots in the domestic league. And then from there, you know, another move further along the line to an even bigger club a couple years more down the road. I think that's probably the path that, that I see set out for him. As far as the national team is concerned, Tom, we've already talked about how his skill set fits in very well with what Argentina need right now. He's gotten the call-up for these two friendlies coming up at the start of September against Guatemala and Colombia here in the States. We would expect to see him on the pitch at some point there and could even see him then further on in October and November as Argentina continues to build towards the Copa America. Do you see Palacios on the Copa America squad for Argentina in 10 months' time? Well, that's a big question there. Um, I think, I don't think it's out of the question, but at the same time, I, I think he's still a long way off from from guaranteeing a place in the national team um, this early. I think he's he's someone who, like we've said, his skill set would, would fit in perfectly alongside, you know, someone like Ascasibar as, as the sort of designated defensive midfielder and, and someone who could link well with Lo Celso or Paredes. So I think that it all depends really on, on how experimental Argent, Argentina decide to go at the Copa America. Are they really going to commit to blooding all the young guys and, and thinking more long-term to Qatar? Or are they going to see this as a last chance to to win something with some of the, the golden generation that, uh, that have got so close but have failed uh i think a lot of that would also depend on on messi's appearance um you know you could potentially see him after maybe a year off being drafted back into the squad but i have a feeling that he he's an outside bet um and there's always going to be a strong call from the local media to have a a player certainly one who plays at river or Boca, to be included so I think there's an outside chance, but given the fact that he's not even played a single minute uh, yet, I think I'm not going to get too carried away. But 100% for the uh, Qatar World Cup, I think he should be peaking perfectly for that one. So, yeah, maybe the Copa America might come a little bit too soon, but you never know. Bold of you to just assume that Argentina are going to make the Qatar World Cup after what happened ahead of 2018 in <laughs> Russia. But I appreciate your optimism. Yeah, I mean, a World Cup's not not the same without Argentina or, or Brazil. So, however bad they're looking right now, I, I think we can safely assume that they'll probably make it. I mean, Brazil looked pretty terrible before Cheech took over, and and then completely changed things up. So, I think there's four years is a long time in football, and I think if Palacios can keep keep this trajectory going, then then he's going to be a really exciting player for the, for the future of the Argentina national team, not necessarily for the present. I think you bring up a very interesting point with the upcoming Copa America um, and, and kind of taking us off track for just a second. It will be really interesting to see how Argentina approach that and especially what they do as far as a managerial appointment is concerned. Because as currently constructed, Argentina you know, could have a chance at that Copa America, but I think there's a sense, a pretty strong sense that Brazil are the favorites for that Copa America and will probably win it. Maybe not with ease, but they're going to be difficult to beat. They showed how much of a level they were at above the rest of South America in qualifiers. And so rather than Argentina maybe make a push and then end up, you know, finishing third or fourth with 
their quote-unquote best squad, it does represent a really strong opportunity for them to get a lot of young players in, to see what they have, to get them that experience at a stage where maybe there's not as much of an expectation around them as there seemingly always is. So because of that, I think Palacios and these younger players, it would be a good move for Argentina to send them to that Copa America and kind of go with an experimental squad. Obviously, the issue is Argentina haven't had any success at the international level, so it doesn't feel like they're in a position where they can really just sacrifice a tournament to blood the youngsters. Yeah, it's a big dilemma. I've been a, an advocate of getting some of these youngsters in key positions that Argentina have struggled struggled with, such as centre-back, such, such as full-back, and, and certainly more box-to-box midfielders. I think they're the positions where you want to give guys the experience now so that when the big tournament the world cup comes along that they're in a better place than the the state they were in coming into coming to the last one so it's it's a difficult one because argentina are always going to be seen as a favorite and i could understand the desire to to maybe give it another push but i think we'll see certainly a more youthful version even if it's not necessarily as uh, experimental as having guys like Palacios in there. You're still going to see the likes of Dybala, uh, Lautaro, uh, Icardi, um, this kind of new new generation of talent, but guys who have still got a lot of experience. So Palacios might be one of those guys who, who nips in as part of that new breed. But um, yeah, it's it's going to all depend on how how the next sort of 12 months goes for him. If, but if he keeps it up, there's there's no reason why he, why he won't. As you said, 12 months is a long time in football. You know, 12 months ago, our tour wasn't expected to be at Barcelona and in the Brazil <laughs> squad, and here he is now. So 12 months for a player who has already shown the abilities that Palacios has shown is certainly long enough time. Tom, before we wrap this up, bringing it back to Palacios, what would you like to see improved in his game? Is there anything that sticks out? Again, he just doesn't have a lot of experience right now. He's only made 22 league appearances for River, a couple more in both of the Cups, domestic and internationally. Other than him just getting more experience playing, is there anything that you'd like to see improve in his game? Yeah, it's a, that's a tough one, really, because he is so rounded already. Uh, I think... His, the aerial side of his game could be improved. That's that's one element. Um, but again, that's that's a hard one to really really improve on if if he's not got the physical attributes to to be someone who competes in the air. So that would be one thing. I think the only thing that I would maybe suggest is the sort of need to say focus and not get carried away with all the attention. He's he's already, you know, he's said to be quite a family and orientated guy and and quite a level head but there's already been quite a lot of uh uh gossip off the field about potential relationships with uh uh botineras which are kind of like the the wags of argentinian football uh, uh a certain sol perez who's a bit of a serial football uh footballer's wife type type uh, character in argentina they've already been a, a few of those re- rumors about his private life uh, circulating. I, d- I mean, obviously, we don't know how much to read into that. That might just, be, you know, come with the scrutiny of, of playing for one of the biggest clubs and and getting called up to the national team. But I think as long as he can keep focused on just playing his game, doing all the things he's currently doing, and, and keeping up that hunger and intensity, then he, he, he honestly, yeah, he just needs to gain a bit more experience and and, and keep doing what he's doing. 
Tom, I think if there's anybody out there who does scouting podcasts on the scouting podcast, I think they might say the same about you. Just got to keep your head down, stay focused, don't get distracted, you know? <laughs> don't worry, you know, I'm, uh, you, you're keeping me uh, firmly, uh, my feet firmly on the ground. So, yeah, I've, I've got you to thank for that, Austin. Well, well, I do what I can. I, I don't want to <laughs> take too much of the credit. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast. Be sure to follow the World Football Index on social media for all the latest from us. As for me, all that's left to say is thanks for listening and goodbye.